0: Welcome to The Reading Ramble, the regular podcast by Lancashire Libraries. In today's edition, we're going to be catching up with the Furore Scribendi and the progress of the Small Bells Ring project. To start off, Robin and I will be discussing our recent experience of going to the launch. Hi, Robin.
1: Hiya. What what did you think
0: of the launch?
1: It was great. It was really exciting. Um, It was... It was the first kind of event that I'd been to in a long time. Um and so to be outside, we were mixing with other people and seeing other people and chuck talking to people that we hadn't seen for a long time. It was really um it was really exciting, really nice to be out in the fresh air, um looking at the boat, which is just absolutely glorious at the side of the canal, seeing so much happening. Um I think when we speak to to Laurie in a little while, we talk about how active the canal side is. Where we were in Rishton near Rishton Library and there's people just going about their business all the time there was people going past kicking footballs and people cycling and people sailing down the canal on canoes and on barges and things it was yeah it was really great and it was good to hear the passion with which people were speaking about this project and uh, the, the sort of the introduction that uh, Laurie and Heather Morrison gave to the project when they were talking about how much work had gone in, and how many years had been spent on it to finally see it come to fruition? It was really inspiring.
0: It was inspiring, and and uh, Robin and I had had the opportunity to catch up with the boat uh, about a week previously as it was going through Chorley. and so. We've both seen the boat, but I don't know about you, Robin. I felt as though the second time of seeing it, I spotted details I hadn't seen on the first time of seeing it. So I think it is such a beautiful construction, both inside and outside. And and obviously haven't had a chance to look at all the short story books on there yet, because there are about 600 or whatever. But it is a beautifully crafted vessel. And um, and as you say, the launch really highlighted I suppose the the partnerships that are involved in, to getting the project this far, so canals and River Trust, Super Slowway, Studio Morrison, Lancashire libraries and uh, and obviously in the future Coventry libraries. Um, and obviously those partnerships will just build and build, won't they as the as the project goes on. So Robin, can I ask before we go to Laurie, did you have a favorite bit of the
1: boat? Oh, uh, I think it's the writer's desk. I think the writer's desk is my favorite part. It's so shiny. Um, and it, it looks really heavy, which I when I first saw it, I thought that's worrying to have on a boat, but I, I, I know that they've done all the all the checks and things to make sure it was not seaworthy, canal worthy um, but yeah, the writer the writer's desk. what about what about you? I think, um
0: a lot of the walls are painted with oil paints and they are painted like they are murals throughout the boat. And I think those combined with the really bespoke lighting that there is in there, I think that's that's probably my favourite detail. Um, they are starting to open up the opportunity of, of going up on the boat, aren't they? So sort of Towards the end of the year, that will start to be more of a, a public event that we can start to invite people to and uh, start to advertise.
1: I, I think it's uh, really good as well, if you're unable to get to, to see the boat, is to follow um, follow them on Instagram. Because Heather's doing lots of Instagram lives and there's loads of great pictures of what's going on and um, loads of information. Um, so that's, that's something that I would uh, highly recommend. Um, and I think the handle is Small Bells Ring.
0: Um, yes. Yeah, so, so with the without further ado, should we uh, kick off with our guests? We've got two guests today. Um, one is Laurie Peake, who is the director of Super Slow A. And the other is Sarah Schofield, who has been the first writer in residence on the Furore Scribendi.
2: So my name is Sarah Schofield. I'm a writer of short fiction and I am uh, currently working on my short story collection which is due out in November with Comma Press, so it should be available from all good bookshops. Um, And uh, yeah, provisional title that may change is Safely Gathered In.
0: So Sarah, how have you got involved in the
2: um, Small Bells Ring project? So I initially heard about the project from um, Becca at Comma Press, um, who are my, my publishing, uh, who published my uh, short stories. And uh, Becca explained that there was going to be a canal barge that was a library that was just dedicated to short stories. And it felt like one of those amazing moments where it's, it's just too perfect. It's just too perfect. I love the canal. I love barges, and obviously I'm deeply passionate about the short story, um, as, a, as a short story uh, writer. So that was um, clearly, um, from the, the start of hearing about it, I just thought, wow, this is just the most wonderful, wonderful thing, and I, I can't believe it. And obviously this is still a very new, um, uh, a new uh, project, so there wasn't any images really of the boat, um, and um, so I had this wonderful um, opportunity to have some conversations with Heather um, who had um, Heather Pete Morrison who is uh, one of the, um, the artists uh, who's built and and filled this beautiful beautiful boat with original art pieces and the and uh, curated the short story collection. And those conversations were just the most wonderful, inspiring uh, conversations about all aspects of creative practice. Um, such an inspiring um, person and and, and just really delighted to hear all about her project. So um, that was really where we started. Just this week, just gone, I was able to uh, be the first writer in residence on um, Furo Scribendo, which was just the most amazing experience. That's fantastic. And so
0: what does it actually mean to be a writer in residence on the
2: Varoska Bendy? What What does that mean exactly? So it means that you sit on the boat, um, and that's really the uh, the limit of the the remit. So, I initially I had conversations with um, with with Heather and uh, with with Debbie, who's managing the the, the project as well, and. I sort of, I was saying, oh, I want to do this and I want to write that. And I've, you know, I've got these really strong proposals that I would love to do on the boat. And they said, well, that's great. That's lovely. But you, know, you can just sit and read or you can just sit and look out the window. Um, it's your space as a writer to use in whatever way you like, which completely blew my mind because usually when you get a commission as a writer or any, any project that you're working on, there's very, very clear guidelines of, of expectations of, of uh, what you will achieve in that, in that situation or in that project. So it was incredibly freeing and just really lovely um, experience to, to have that space, to um, have reflective time and um, uh, a chance just to think about writing, explore writers that I hadn't read before, looking at um, stories that I, are very beloved stories, the revisiting stories that are on board the boat, and also actually getting some own writing done without any pressure of expectation um, in in that um, as writers in residence. So it was um, yeah, it was an immense privilege um, to do that. Sorry, that was my coffee machine going off, which was another <laughs> important point actually, because on board there it is cleaning itself. Um, on board the boat there is just ample quantities of uh, coffee and tea um, and these beautiful little drinking vessels. Uh, which just every little tiny detail in the boat is um is so carefully thought through that um you you kind of step onto the boat and you're kind of stepping into a different world which as a writer is just so inspiring so inspiring
1: <laughs> it, it is the little touches isn't it on the boat things that are, it's just uh, like you say the drinking cups and the the bowls like the cereal bowls and the the lampshades and things are just so um so beautifully made. Uh, Did you feel that you needed to write or did you feel inspired to write about your surroundings? So when you were getting down to writing, was there kind of the influence of being on the canal in what what you wrote?
2: Yes, very much so. Um, I I wanted it to be that way anyway because I really had a desire to write a piece of fiction that was quite site-specific so that was kind of what i aimed to do while on board i just it was such a beautiful gift of an experience to give to anybody reader writer anyone who's going to visit to have the the pleasure of being on that that boat that i wanted to take advantage of the setting and the, and the and the moment that i was in so um heather um, and debbie took me out on um, a, a cruise down the canal which was just fantastic. We went a little bit further than we were planning because we missed um, two of the, what they call um, winding holes or winding holes. Depending who you ask, we'll call them different things, which is wider spots in the canal where you can turn your boat around. Um, Because obviously um, you, yeah, when you're in a canal barge, it's very long. Um, You need spots that you can specifically do that. And we missed, I think one or two um, of the winding holes, the winding holes. so we had to kind of go a bit further, which was terribly disappointing. Um, not, it was wonderful. We went a bit further down the canal um, than we were planning. And it was just remarkable seeing the variety of the landscape from a completely unique perspective. It's not the same as walking along the, fo- the towpath at all. Um, so the piece of fiction that I have started to work on um, is a journey to... Um, Gano's tunnel, which is just a bit further down from where the boat was moored, and it kind of uses the bridges that you go under to navigate that journey. And I'm not quite sure what I'm doing with it yet, but it's um, it's going to be uh, a piece of fiction that draws together a, a narrative that speaks back to the reader in some way. That's what I kind of what I want to do. And I kind of took my notebook uh, and and did a kind of harvest. Um, along the the towpath using the bridges as waypoints to navigate and making notes of everything that I could see in the surroundings and that included buttercups and nettles and reeds and the buildings and the bridge numbers but it also included like the the less scenic beautiful stuff the bit of trolley that was sticking up out of the canal and the the um the dogs' deposits on the side of the canal, and and you know everything. I wanted it to be a really um, uh, a really honest view of what the canal is. It's very beautiful, but it's also there's things that are less beautiful and quite dark, um, which is really summative, I think, of you know the human experience. There's something that marries in there, and I wanted to I want to explore that a bit more in that piece of fiction. Can I
1: ask a question about? short stories in, in, in sort of your writing in general. Is there is there a reason why you chose to write short stories as a sort of form of
2: writing fiction? Yeah, I, I just I think I that's a really good question. I um I just love short stories. I think they short stories were the way in for me to fiction as a child and sort of as I began to read um not you know you make that migration from like children's books to adults books and when I was a kid which was a very very long time ago um there wasn't young adult fiction really it didn't really exist so you sort of made this unholy leap which I think was brilliant because you you know you just go for it um into the world of um adult fiction and that sounds not like rude adult fiction but like fiction that is meant for grown-ups rather than children and the stuff that I was sort of accessing initially was a lot of like 1960s science fiction that my dad would pass to me short stories and Roald Dahl's short stories and um, without sounding really pretentious a lot of like Chekhov and and writers like that that were doing really kind of fun interesting stuff with short fiction and I just hadn't yeah I hadn't really encountered that before and it, it was really exciting and it felt like a peep into adulthood, what it was to be uh, an adult. Because you in a short story, you can do things that a novel can't do. You can present really unlikable characters. You can really um, take... You can, you can play with your interaction with the reader in a way that in a novel, you'd feel like you were cheating the reader. But because of the brevity of the short story, you can do things in a, quite an experimental, um, interesting way. It's kind of playful. And that's... Those early initiations into writers like that, and Atwood, and uh, Angela Carter, and, and writers that are, you know, doing really kind of intriguing things. That was my um, my gateway into sort of grown-up fiction, and I suppose that's why I kind of pursued it. I'm, I'm probably going to think of a far better answer to that question of why I write short stories um, after we've finished speaking, but um, I think that's really uh, where where that initial passion for them came from, and why I'm so passionate about them now, actually, yeah.
0: That's great, that's really interesting to hear about that, and while you were on the boat, did you have any particular favourite short stories that you'd read while you were on the boat, because there must be, are there about 600 books so far on there, each with their short stories within it?
2: Yes, absolutely. I've, I actually jotted a couple down uh, because there, w- there were so many. I, I was trying to keep a record of what I was reading, and I don't think I quite captured everything. But um, I've revisited some older writers that I um, I've sort of loved in the past and not had a chance to catch up with. So there was um, oh, Daphne du Maurier's short fiction is just amazing. Um, the Happy Valley. I don't know if anyone's read that. That's a remarkable remarkable story and his letter letters grew colder. Um, she was doing stuff back then that, that um you know contemporary writers look at now and go, oh wow, that's yeah, it's, it's good stuff. Um, Celia Fremlin, um The Hated House, The New House, that's a couple of stories that I adored. Um there was some um some writers, Atessa uh Moshfay, is that how you say her surname, Moshfay? She, um, I read her, one of her novels not so long ago and adored it, and I hadn't read any of her short stories. So I read one from her called Bettering Myself. Um, absolutely brilliant. Um, what else? Um, there was a fantastic short story in um, a collection called Stim, which is from writers who are um, uh, autistic. And the, um, that was a story called Becoming Less by Robert Shepard. I thought that was absolutely stunning. Um, oh, what else, what else? Oh, one that I really loved was um, by a writer that I've admired for a, a while, Larissa Boning, um, and she she's published by by Comma Press, I think in translation, and there's a, a short story called Melon Belly, which is just, oh, very haunting, and kept coming back to me, and there's just, there's one line in it, can I just read you this one line from um, from this story that I just, it really struck me. So um, I was feeling a bit, on the, I read this on the first day that I was on the boat and I was just feeling a bit overwhelmed and a bit, um, there was just so much to look at and take in that I hadn't kind of started writing as much as I'd wanted to within those first 24 hours, which is a ridiculous expectation to have of yourself. But I I was a bit overwhelmed. And and so I was reading um, Melon Belly by Larissa Boning and she, one of the lines in it goes, um, rested both hands on his knees like an applicant who knows he won't get the job. Um, and that line is just a tiny moment in the story from not a key key character, but I just loved it I knew exactly what she meant in that there was just some resonance in the emotion of what was coming across there and um that sort of feeling of of uh, of lack before you've even started and it made me it just made me smile because i i it echoed something i was sort of feeling and um it helped me kind of drop my shoulders take a breath and go no this is you know i'm here and it's okay just to be here um and i think we all need to remi- remind ourselves of that sometimes don't we so yeah that was one one of the particular stories that i really enjoyed reading um, on board <laughs>
1: We're here today in Rishtah Library um, at the launch of the Small Bells Ring project, and we're here with Laurie Peake from Super Slow Away, um, and it's myself and Heather.
0: Hello.
1: <laughs> um, Laurie, do you want to... Tell us a bit about your involvement in the Small Bells Yeah,
3: sure. I'm director of Super Slow Ways. So we're an uh, arts and community programme based in East Lancashire along the Canal Corridor, the Leeds and Liverpool Canal. Um, I'm, I'm the director and we've been here now since 2015. And I spoke to the artist Heather Morrison, almost immediately we started the programme because she's an artist whose work I've always loved. And um, I just invited her up to have a look around the area, particularly the Hindburn area, um, to see if she might be inspired to come and work with us to do something. And Heather fell in love with Accrington Library. Um, Because it's a Carnegie Library and it has amazing stained glass windows and carvings, just a very beautiful environment. And, you know, she really was inspired by that the ethos of the Carnegie Libraries, which is to have really beautiful buildings for books in working class areas, basically. And that's really where the whole sort of conversation about what about a library of short stories started, Uh, but because we are a sort of canal focused programme, the, it was a kind of natural step to say, well, what about a library, a floating library, of short stories for the for the canal. So we then started conversations with Heather Fox, very confusing two Heather's, um, about how that could actually dovetail in with the library service and rather like another arm of the of the mobile libraries, and. Um, It was a very long journey, but actually that that sort of slowness of process has enabled the relationship between the artist and the librarians to grow. And ironically, you know, with COVID, when the libraries have been closed or very limited access, the project seems to have been a real creative outlet for the librarians involved and you know they really brought well a their knowledge to bear in terms of the collection for the for the boat but also their obviously enormous love of literature um and then i just want to say just over a year ago um coventry city of culture came on board as a as co-commissioners of the project, because uh, there is a canal in, in Coventry and they wanted to do something special on it. Um, and that then opened up a conversation with the Coventry Library Service. So I think it's been amazing in that, on a national ba- level, it's enabled two library services to actually <clears throat> come together and kind of brainstorm what uh, what what a floating library might do and how it might um, provide a, another level of engagement for library services, particularly in um, more disadvantaged communities. I mean, we particularly, you, you know, were chose Heinburn because it has very low levels of literacy so to have a really inspirational project for communities and particularly for children um, we thought that seemed very natural and fitting.
1: It's been great to be on the canal this morning at the at the launch event and I think the word that I've heard the most is journey actually <laughs> and I think that's quite interesting what you know he's got so many Meanings yeah. <laughs> with the, where the project being involved, um, with the boat itself moving up and down the the canal and mm. the, the journey that it's been to get to this mm. stage, but it's also been great to see so many people um, walking or cycling or dog walking or jogging up and down the
3: canal
1: or canoeing, or oh, canoeing, or oh, boarding wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Stood on a, is that a paddleboard? Yeah. Um, and everyone's stopping and having a look yeah it's, it immediately draws people's eyes that's been there
3: exactly i mean it, it's such a beautiful piece of floating sculpture actually and the the color of it is just it's sort of eye-poppingly colorful isn't it and, yeah. and particularly on quite frankly, a grey day like today, in a quite grey landscape, it's really a little streak of joy, isn't it, in the landscape?
0: It, it really is. And I think, you know, because it is so bright, people do look at yeah. it. And I think even though canal boats are traditionally quite bright with their painting, actually, this, because it is predominantly pink, <laughs> uh, it, it's so... it's. Um, Yeah, it looks like a floating landmark, doesn't it, really? Yeah, And and does really draw the eye and draw conversation. Yeah. Um, So, Laurie, uh, obviously the boat will also be going down to Coventry City of Culture, and then it will be coming back to Lancashire in the autumn-winter time. Mm -hmm. How do you envisage... um, the engagement of communities Mm -hmm. in the Mm -hmm. project moving forward?
3: Mm -hmm. Well, I I think that obviously we're sitting in Rishton Library now, and these libraries um, are in in these smaller neighbourhoods, are real focal points for the community. So we really want to see the build as an extension of these local libraries, um, and to create a, a kind of focal point for new types of engagement because it's very exciting. I mean, particularly children love, you know, love going on the on the boat. So I think when we're allowed to do, we will have timetabled activities for communities on on the boat uh, that can obviously be linked to the li- to li- to the libraries themselves. But also, c- kind of conversely, that that there are neighborhoods, streets backing onto the canal. Where people, I mean, it's already happened this morning, we've talked to two families this morning, who live overlooking the canal, who will will want to come on, on the boat. And that, you know, the intention for us is that that will inspire them to then start using the library proper more as well but we have all sorts of amazing activities planned so obviously writers in residence our first writer in residence starts next week and you know what the idea is that as these writers will be sitting on the boat with the doors open onto the towpath they'll be both inspired by the life of the towpath um, but also that there will be kind of gathering stories from the people and the community uh, around them there so it's a the, it's a, a vehicle for engagement on, on on every level i mean you know just this morning like you were saying so many different activities going on along the towpath with so many different people engaging with it on in any and in any level they like, whether it's just a passing engagement or that passing engagement can become regular and deeper.
1: You mentioned the the writer-in-residence we met, the first writer, which is Sarah Schofield, Mm -hmm. who's going to be there next week and yeah. she's a local Lancashire author as well which is yes. great and you could see how excited she was <laughs> after she'd been on a tour of the boat to see the writer's desk and the space that she's going to be on uh, yeah. working in um, so and that, beautiful. Yeah, isn't it just it must be so exciting and inspiring um, and we've all been on the boat now and had a, a proper look around and just, just be surrounded by so many interesting looking books it's mm-hmm. great and, and I, I mean we're in a library now so we're surrounded by books but the, I don't know it, because it's a little bit more enclosed intimate uh, yeah. yeah intimate's a mm. perfect word for it yeah mm. and there's such the a stories.
3: variety of short stories and they're all short so you know the the intention is that uh that groups of people can come on and choose a either they can choose a short story each for them to read as the boat travels along the canal because you know we're kind of Two hour trip is perfect to for you to read a short story in, and you know just the atmosphere on the canal it 's so quiet and slow and lovely it 's a really perfect space for reading, but also um, the idea of having live readings as well, so whether um, you know ordinary people um, doing re- reading snippets of their favorite short story or there will be sometimes when we we will invite guest readers in whether they be actors or or whatever um so that it becomes a very different sort of activity
1: mm-hmm. i think that because the books themselves are they're, they're sort of all around the boat it's not mm. just shelves like rows and rows yeah. they're in little nooks yes. and crannies aren't yeah. they so it, yeah. it does um it encourages you to explore and um, mm. yeah yeah. Right.
3: well and it it, you know because place. the whole boat is a sculpture it's all a work of art so and the books are as you say kind of embedded within other works of art so I think like you say exploring the nooks and crannies it's not sort of it's not an intimidating em- environment it's really inviting mm.
1: yeah last time we had Heather Morrison on the podcast. She told us about the toilet, and the toilet is <laughs> such a fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, we hadn't seen the boat at that stage, and uh, you know, you could think it, it's a toilet. toilet no, a she toilet. gets
3: very excited about it. Yeah,
1: toilet. Yeah. It is really such a cool toilet. <laughs>
3: Well, it's just been such a uh, an achievement, I think, for them to fit the boat out, Heather and Ivan. Um, you know that they do take pride in every single element that they've managed to fit in there, because it's extraordinary what is what what's in there, isn't it?
0: It is. It is really extraordinary because it is everything that you would need in a very compact form, yeah. and it does make you question what you do need on a daily basis, yeah. you know, and, um, and I think also it encourages you to look outward as well. You know, I mm-hmm. think uh, Robin and I took a very short trip on the boat and just to actually see our surroundings in a different way, mm-hmm. it was really totally. made you uh, think differently about where you were, even though they, we had walked along the towpath to see it from the point of view of the water. Was quite different, mm-hmm. and I think, as Heather herself has said, um, the something about reading and being on the water—that's mm-hmm. quite uh, contemplative. You mm-hmm. know, it works really well, mm-hmm. and um, we certainly hope that in the months to come, people will really enjoy uh, the project and, you know, having a trip on the boat and enjoying those short stories. Yeah so um thank you laurie for thank your involvement you and um uh, and thank you for, for being part of this fantastic project thank you thank you for listening to the reading ramble in today's edition we've been catching up with all the events that have been happening at the launch and since the launch of the uh, small bells ring project join us next time when we'll be loud in libraries and discussing Books with a Musical Theme. Until next time, goodbye.